Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Vincent Xavier with you today, and today is Brother Pastor Michael V's birthday, and we want to say happy birthday to Pastor Michael. God bless you, sir. You probably are not hearing this right now because you come on a little bit later, I think, but uh, you'll go back and listen to this and just know that you're thought of today by many people, uh, many people who have witnessed the work of Christ in your life, many people who have witnessed the transformation in your life. And uh, many standing by waiting to see how God is going to launch you into your full-time ministry in these last days as he is preparing and equipping you to be one of those sent ones uh, to do the bidding of the kingdom of heaven as an ambassador for Christ. So uh, we're all standing by. We're waiting. It's kind of like NASA as it's ready to launch a rocket into space, which I think is happening or already happened. Uh, A few hours ago, if I understand correctly, uh, another rocket was shot up into space. It had something to do with uh, Artemis. Uh, We'll maybe maybe get into that in a little bit today. But you can imagine all the spectators standing afar off with their glasses on, waiting for the launch. And uh, for you, Brother Michael, I think a lot of people are standing by just waiting uh, for that launch. But, you know, there's got to be all the final preparations. Everything has to be just right. And uh, we have a number of rockets that we're ready to launch here at New Wine Ministries, by the way. We have several pastors who have been raised up by the Spirit of God 
We have simply obeyed and uh, followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and anointed uh, and laid hands on uh, vessels that have the calling of God upon their lives. And, you know, uh, they too are on the launching pad and final preparations are being made because one day, any day now, uh, there is going to be a launch out of Northwest Arkansas and we're going to be sending forth the pastors who God has ordained into ministry. And we're hoping that it will be consistent with the vision of home churches throughout the United States of America. I've come to you time and again, oftentimes sharing a vision over 30 years ago of a time when God had revealed to me that there will be a particular climate within this nation and that there would be saints of God gathering together in homes where the glory of God would be manifested. It would be the manifest glory of God. And so we have ordained, Patricia and I, uh, uh, several couples, and uh, Michael V is one of them, is just a a single man of God who who God is just finalizing some things. Who knows? He may be uh, needing to add to him a component called a wife. Only God knows. But anyways, uh, our pastors, Ken and Peggy, and Denny and Sally, and uh, we have some deacons that also have a pastoral calling upon their life. Eventually, God, God is using them strongly. Uh, and there are others that God is looking at, and get, and they are preparing uh, for that anointing, for that blessing to be realized, and so that they too will be launched. I'm already thinking of two other couples uh, that we love very much, whom God has touched. This has nothing to do with man's hands. This has nothing to do with men trying to work things out. You know, God unveils to our hearts and our minds as pastors, people that are called into the ministry, and we see the calling, we see the functionality, we see the potential, and uh, what we do is we recognize that publicly, and then we do lay hands after sometimes years of counsel or time to really explore the depths of people's hearts to see where they are. And then suddenly God just says, now, and then we, through obedience, we ordain these couples and the idea is they're now in the new wine ministry family but we're standing by with our goggles on waiting for the launch and i believe that launch is going to take place when we begin to receive calls from different places throughout the united states as things continue to go in the direction we believe they're going in and uh, we're going to be launching pastors that have been ordained and prepared by god into those cities into those regions uh, wherever the call has gone forth. And it's going to be an equipping time. I don't believe that the pastors that have been raised up, neither Patricia or I, who've been doing this now full-time for 30 years together, uh, that this is going to be a really long work. In fact, I think we're probably on a five-year schedule right now uh, of pastors getting out there and then finding the flock, God's flock, that they're going to feed and love and care for and uh, lay their lives down for in many ways and to bring them through the time of great tribulation. That's going to be a very significant calling, isn't it? I mean, you have leadership that is designed to do one thing, but when it's time to go through the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, you're going to want pastors who have been really raised up by God to actually allow, you know, help and assist that transformation, that transition, uh, that going through period. So <clears throat> this is our hope. This is our vision. We could talk about that on another day. Uh, A lot of things going on in the world right now. It's got the atmosphere right now in the last, since Friday, our last time we were on the air together. It has the atmosphere of 2016, 
uh, this moment reminds me deeply of what happened in November of 2016 when Donald J. Trump was uh, voted and elected the president of the United States of America. And I remember waking up that morning when Donald Trump had won the election and walking my little dog, Max, and rejoicing in my spirit and feeling a fresh wind, just a little breath. I mean, it was so nasty under the uh, administration of Barack Hussein Obama that was connected to Hillary and Bill Clinton and all the leftists out there and globalists. And then suddenly here comes Donald Trump. And today, uh, which actually happened on Friday, the fruits of his labor, there's no doubt about this, the fruits of his labor are now manifesting as the Supreme Court has just overturned Roe versus Wade and uh, a football coach who had just been uh, vindicated by the Supreme Court, who's going to be able to go back to a school he was fired seven years ago for praying on a football field. Well, they overturned that as well. And there are several other cases coming before the Supreme Court. And because of the fruit of Donald, Jump, Donald Trump's ministry or his presidency, you're seeing some things, and it seems so refreshing. It seems like 2016, the only problem was in 2016, there was an acceleration of division within our nation. We saw riots. We saw the daily news of Russian collusion, and we saw the fanatical far left. We saw fringes come out of the closet And for four years, two impeachments, right? Uh, One attempted impeachment, another impeachment. Uh, You know, all this negativity that hit, and then we saw the violence, and then we came to the end of his presidency in 2020, and we saw 2020 happen, uh, where we saw a nation just split down the middle. So this moment, uh, Roe versus Wade overturned. In other words, listen carefully. Uh, I believe this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. In other words... Roe versus Wade is no longer a constitutional federal law, right? It's, it's now left to every state. And what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, that what has just been accelerated is if, uh, if every state, like California, New York, predominantly are going to remain uh, pro-abortion states. Now, and, and I believe that this is going to separate the states, and the states that remain pro-abortion are going to be the targeted states for incineration of the Sodom Sodom and Gomorrah effect. So the Sodom and Gomorrah effect is where uh, a a city, a state, this this place, where people promoted what was an abomination to God, um, they are targeted for disaster. Well, the way things have been in our nation, it's like been a federal law, so there's been integration in all the different states, but now people have a choice. They have an option. I can leave the state of California because now I know it's marked for disaster because it's promoting the shedding of innocent blood. So I'm leaving that state. I'm leaving New York, and I'm going to go to a red state. I'm going to go to a place where, uh, you know, abortion is illegal because those states are for life. And they would not be as targeted or marked for incineration by God Um, And I do believe that the Civil War states are forming right now. Uh, I I just I look at this and I think, wow, these are not the days of, you know, national victory. These are days that the Supreme Court decision is uh, only any last vestiges of 
any fabric that connected our society as a one nation under God are gone. Uh, it is going to get turned up. It's going to get heated up like it did in 2016. But it is awfully refreshing. I mean, it feels good. And part of you wants to say, all right, let's finish the work. Now that the nine people on the Supreme Court after 50 years have finally decided to do this because they got the right people in there, um, well, let's finish the work now. Let's arrest everybody that was connected to it. But you can't, right? I mean, you want to hear that, but it can't happen. So anyways, um, the dividing of the states, I believe, in the wisdom of God, is a marking for disaster. And I like to call it the Sodom and Gomorrah effect. The Sodom and Gomorrah effect. God has been warning, right, for how long? And now all of a sudden, like that, division's happening. I mean, it's happening right now. It's not a waiting thing. States absolutely made it illegal to have an abortion. So now you have to travel to certain places. So what does Pocahontas do, right? We all heard what Pocahontas did, Elizabeth Warren. She is on every news channel that will accept her, and she is proclaiming that the federal government in all of its land, wherever federal government has land, that they turn it into an abortion clinic. That means every VA hospital. That means that wherever there is a military camp, that means wherever there is a federal, the Yellowstone National Park, wherever the federal government has its power, she's now demanding that all the federal land is legal for abortion. So that means in every state, if she gets her way, wherever there's federal land ownership of the federal government, they will, she's wanting them to turn that into an abortion uh, clinic. So rather than going to Yellowstone Park, as my friend said, and enjoying the wild animals, people will be going to Yellowstone Park to have an abortion and shed innocent blood. So that's kind of insane, but that's where the left's mind is. That's how sick the people are. And now you're listening, right? This is super, I need you to really pay attention to what I'm about to say, okay? This is biblical. This is important. This is God's word now. So we have people that are going crazy. I could bring you one article after another about the insanity of the protests, the violence, the yelling, the shouting, the screaming of the pro-abortionists, right, in the face of uh, all of that's happening right now. And they're demanding the murder of innocent blood. We want to kill babies. We want to kill babies. They're angry because they can't kill their babies, right? And who put this anger in their heart? This is the truth. But what is it actually showing? Well, I want to read it to you. All right, so here we go. And uh, this is super important. I, I really believe this is important. I want to begin in Isaiah chapter 59. Check this out. Isaiah chapter 59. And by the way, uh, we got kicked off of YouTube under the Vincent Xavier page. Uh, we got kicked off of YouTube under the New Wine Ministry page. So if anybody wants to listen or watch this live, you have to go to Kevin Hauger, H-A-U-G-E-R, Kevin Hauger on YouTube, and you'll be able to listen to this. Uh, we got kicked off because we were talking about the COVID-19 last week. So um, having said that, you're still listening on Rev Media, by way. By the way, you should be able right now to go to omegaradio.org if anybody desires to do so. Maybe somebody could test it out. Let me know how it's looking and sounding. Omegaradio.org. And just 
click listen live or watch live. And if you click the watch live, Rev Media should be broadcasting this right now. So you'll always be able to find us on omegaradio.org um, right now. So under YouTube, Kevin Hauger, Facebook, Omega Radio, and you know the rest on Blog Talk Radio. So listen to the word of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 59. I'm going to re- read a few verses. I'm going to center in on what is happening biblically. You ask, what are we watching? What are we actually witnessing? People are so demanding to kill babies. They're violent. They're mad. They're extreme. They're demonically possessed. You know, they're, they're just absolutely going insane that they need to shed blood, right? What is this? Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, lawlessness. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. Who's he talking to? None calls for justice, nor any pleads for truth. They, they trust in vanity and speak lies, They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eats of their eggs dies, and that which is crushed breaks out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works, Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Now listen to verse 7. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Wow. Their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goes therein shall not know peace. Whoa. All right, so here you have a scripture that is identifying a people whose feet are running to evil and they are making haste to shed innocent blood. Now, I would say that's pretty much what's going on right now in our society. I think we're actually witnessing that. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Okay, now we're going to... You just connect this other scripture with that. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and forsake not the law of your mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, Let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. 
Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not. Thou, in the way of them or with them, refrain your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. There it is again. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which takes away the life of the owners thereof. Now listen carefully, because here's what's connected to those whose feet run to evil and make haste to shed innocent blood. Verse 20. Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief place of concourse, in the opening of the gates in the city. She utters her words saying, how long? You simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded but you have said it not all my counsel and will none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. When your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Oh, praise the Lord. God is so merciful that he is actually allowing the inhabitants of this United States of America to make a choice, to either come out, be separate, find a habitation in a city of refuge, or to stay at ease in Zion, comfortable in Babylon, build your life in Sodom and Gomorrah, and refuse to turn at the reproof of the Lord. The cities of America that are going to be supporting the things that have been national are marked for incineration. I believe the LGBTQ uh, marriage rights is also coming up before the Supreme Court very soon. Uh, that's just something I heard, you know, floating around out there. We'll see. Uh, we'll search that out a little bit more. So it's it's marvelous to me to watch the left and the people that are supporting the agenda of shedding innocent blood, running to evil and hasting to shed this innocent blood. It's happening before our eyes and it's always followed by judgment and judgment is in our land. 
So what I would like to do right now is I want to look at a few things that are happening. These are just, this is unbelievable stuff, okay? And I'm going to start with the light stuff this time. Um, and, I, and I just, I'll read the article. Western farmers and ranchers are being hit with biblical-style plagues of grasshoppers and Mormon crickets as a result of the heat and drought afflicting the region. All right, so I have a video here, and I'm not going to play the video uh, unless I could just maybe do it this way here. I'll, have, I'll share my screen, and I don't mind doing that at all. I will share the screen and show you the video of this. It's very interesting. Now I'm going to go to the Microsoft Edge, and here we go. Let's play it. This is it. There it is. So, where is that at? <clears throat> do, 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 do. All right. Let's get that out of there. <clears throat> All right. Next article. So, you have this cricket grasshopper invasion. Uh, we sort of heard it in Oregon. Uh, just, I want to show a few more <clears throat> things. Some of these were actually uh, really, really heartbreaking. Um, look at this one. Look at this article here. And again, I, I this is a couple that was found shot dead at home while their three kids are inside. Now, the article is a Rhode Island couple were found shot to death in their home last week as their children slept, police say. Eric Hoard, H-U-A-R-D, 51 years old, and Courtney Hoard, 42 years old, of Cumberland, Rhode Island, were pronounced dead at the scene when police responded to a report of two adults with gunshot wounds at approximately 6.40 a.m. on June 22nd. Now, this beautiful family, we don't know what's surrounding it, what's going on, but their three children were in their home while their parents were shot to death. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, this one here is running kind of right alongside of it. This is a, uh, this article is, is un unbelievable. Almost 50 people were cooked to death in back of a truck, a semi-tractor trailer truck, a lorry, and a, that was abandoned under the Texas sun. 
46 people have been found dead in the back of a trailer in Texas with 16 others rushed to hospital. A city worker discovered the traumatic scene on a remote back road in San Antonio. So in San Antonio, Texas, obviously they were taking illegal aliens across somewhere. The driver abandoned the truck or left it there, maybe for somebody else to go pick it up. And the people were cooked to death because nobody opened up the trailer. 46 people dead and 16 others that were rushed to the hospital. What a gory, gory scene. Uh, Absolutely horrible, no doubt about it. Um, This is the article that we need to hear. All right. This is an article that um, is dealing with every single American and I've been hearing it for about 10 days, and I'm, I'm now wanting to release it because it's more valid, um, and we just need to hear this, okay? So what is the article? It's a warning, and what is the warning? The coming shortage of diesel fuel could cripple our economy. So the article from Prophecy News Watch <clears throat> What I am about to share with you is a developing situation, and I hope to share more once the facts become clearer. It appears that a very serious diesel crisis is coming in the months ahead, and that will have a dramatic impact on our economy. As you will see below, we are being warned that there will be shortages of diesel fuel, diesel exhaust fluid, and diesel engine oil. Most diesel vehicles require all three in order to run. And so a serious shortage of any of them would be a major disaster. Needless to say, simultaneous shortages of all three could potentially be catastrophic. Most Americans don't spend much time thinking about diesel, but without it, our supply chain collapses and we don't have a functioning economy. In a recent Time Magazine article discussing the coming diesel fuel shortage, we are told that the U.S. economy runs on diesel. Though most consumers shake their heads at the cost of gasoline and complain about the cost of filling up their car tanks, what they really should be worried about is the price of diesel. The U.S. economy runs on diesel. It's what powers the container ships that bring goods from Asia and the trucks that collect goods from the ports and bring them to warehouses and then to your home. The farmers who grow the food you eat put diesel in their tractors to plow the fields, and the workers that bring construction equipment to build your home put diesel in their trucks. As suppliers have gotten tighter, or as supplies have gotten tighter, prices have skyrocketed. The average price of a gallon of diesel fuel hit $5.50 a gallon in early May, and it has remained above that level ever since. One of the biggest reasons for the supply crunch is a serious lack of refining capacity. Back in 1980, the U.S. had twice as many refineries. There are also fewer, fewer refineries, this part of the article goes on to say, which process crude oil into diesel and other products in the U.S. than were just a few years ago. There are just 124 now operating 
down from twice as many in 1980 and down from 139 in 2016. According to the U.S. Energy Information Association, the Northeast region is particularly spare with just seven refineries today, down from 27 in 1982. So they have already been some temporary outages of diesel fuel at a few locations around the country, and we are being warned that disruptions are likely to intensify during the summer months. Here we go with the summer of violence again. But the good news is that we aren't going to run out of diesel fuel. It may become a lot more expensive, and there may be painful temporary shortages, but we won't run out of it. Unfortunately, the crisis that we are facing with diesel exhaust fluid is potentially much more serious. If you have just been skimming this article, this is the part where you need to start really paying attention. Newsweek is telling us that the United States, quote, could soon experience a severe shortage of diesel exhaust fluid. The U.S. could soon experience a a severe shortage of diesel exhaust fluid impacting U.S. drivers already hit with soaring fuel prices. The DEF is a solution made up of urea and deionized water that is needed for almost everything that runs on diesel. It reduces harmful gases being released into the atmosphere and works by converting nitrogen oxide produced by diesel engines into nitrogen and steam. If you have a diesel vehicle that was sold in the United States after 2010, your vehicle could technically run without DEF, but in most cases, your vehicle will simply not let you start if the DEF tank is dry. Can we call it a DEF jam? Everything is in short supply as supply chains continue to unlink. The latest commodity reportedly hit is DEF, or the blue diesel exhaust fluid that every diesel sold in the U.S. after 2010 needs to cut emissions. This means that every diesel truck, diesel RV, SUV, car owner will likely have to look harder and pay more for DEF. A diesel engine can technically run without DEF, but your diesel vehicle likely won't let you start if the DEF tank is empty. All right, the United States is one of the largest importers of urea in the world, and Russia and China are two of the largest exporters. In previous years, that wasn't a problem, but now the war in Ukraine has dramatically changed things. Excuse me. A major portion of our urea comes from Europe, and because of the war in Ukraine, we're seeing a shortage of it, according to Newsweek. Russia is one of the world's major exporters of it. China, too, is a major exporter of it, and it has suspended exports. Weather, too, has caused supply chain disruptions. Since it's also a major component in fertilizers, there's intense competition for urea. Meanwhile, Mike Adams is reporting on the growing shortages of diesel engine oil that are starting to happen all over the nation. Retailers, customers, and distributors are all reporting shortages in diesel engine oil. This is not an imaginary problem. It is a real problem that is so far entirely ignored by the corporate media. Apparently, there are some diesel engine oil additives that are in extremely short supply, 
And one industry insider is telling us that this problem isn't going to be resolved anytime soon. So what this means is that the people are going to start running out of diesel engine oil. In fact, it is already being reported that the trains in Sri Lanka will soon have to completely shut down because of a lack of diesel engine oil. Sri Lanka Railways said that it will not be possible to operate trains in the future due to the lack of engine oil. A senior official at Sri Lanka Railways said that the current level of engine oil would only last for another two months. That's in line with the warning we're hearing in the States, about eight weeks of diesel engine oil remaining in the pipeline. Just solving one of the shortages that I have described in this article will not be enough. As I noted in the opening paragraph, a diesel vehicle requires requires diesel fuel, diesel exhaust fluid, and diesel engine oil in order to operate. You need all three. Needless to say, there are enormous implications for our supply chains and for our economy as a whole if solutions cannot be found. So I've been hearing this for a long time, and so have you, and the idea, and, you know, it it depends on what measure you want to take this, how extreme you're able to uh, foresight it uh, or for acknowledge uh, what we're hearing about this particular issue. Well, what does it mean in, in, the, in the long you know, uh, measure, in the full measure? It means that the trucks in America will shut down. Uh, it means that if there are trucks that do get supplies to a store, those supplies will soar because they'd have to increase the prices. So you're looking at a black horse, Revelation chapter 6, uh, imbalance of you know, a measure of wheat for a penny, right? And a penny was a day's wage just for a little bit of food. So we definitely are seeing the, uh, the horses or the seals released in the book of Revelation in this particular, um, you know, horse, the, this economic imbalance that is coming. So again, I just wanted to make this clear that we live at a time, it, it feels like over the weekend, 2016, when conservatives and Republicans and Christians and people that had more moral values were suffocating under the Barack Obama, Bill Clinton era of things, uh, and, and we were able to breathe again, take a deep breath. But we noticed when in 2016 Donald Trump was elected that it sparked violence throughout our nation, and it created a schism and a division greater than any other time in the history of our nation, except maybe for the Civil War. And so now... We have the insanity that's been going on in two years under the, the Biden administration. And you have, and again, yep, this is all political. This is all national. This is all on earth. This is horizontal. And uh, we will be balanced with our spiritual contemplations in a moment. Uh, we've already seen how the spiritual component of people's feet running uh, to shed uh, innocent blood, hasting to do all that. We saw the spiritual component to a measure. But you have... Right now, this feeling of, uh, wow, this is really awesome, and it is, but it's not an end to abortion. Abortion did not end on Friday. It just was no longer a federal law. Now it's left to the states. And the people that remain in the states that are pro-abortion are targeted for disaster. This is reminding me, uh, just bursted into my spirit this morning, This scenario that we're in right now is reminding me of a series. It was a television series in 2006 called Jericho. 
And in Jericho, it was all about, uh, you know, American life was going on. And all of a sudden, 15 nuclear bombs were detonated. It was life as usual. Everything was going on. They don't get into what it was like, but people were living their lives. And on one particular day, all of a sudden, nuclear bombs were detonated. They began in Denver, Colorado. They went to Atlanta, San Diego, Los Angeles. I mean, just it was scattered, Philadelphia, throughout the United States. And all of a sudden, in one day, in one hour, in the middle of what was ever going on in America, there was a massive strike and the world changed. And then out of the disaster of a government, Washington, D.C. was taken out, uh, the government was gone, and every state was left to its own. And now cities were wiped out. And so if you've never seen Jericho, you should probably watch it because it was a prophetic story, so prophetic that at one particular part, the uh, what were they called? The people that control the you know the television thing, the whatever they were, they shut it down. They would not let them continue to broadcast after the second season. And so in Jericho, uh, what was happening? Little towns were now having to learn how to survive. And then there was all this movement where people were going from city to city. There were civil wars. There was robbing, violence, looting. Uh, they didn't know how to have food. There was no electricity. There were electromagnetic pulses in this Jericho, prophetic Jericho story. And so the disaster hits. But after a while of, you know, everything they're showing, what we would have to survive for however long uh, this went on, um, after a while, a new government out of the ashes of this nuclear strike against the United States of America, a new government began to come to power. And they had to send their military forces, if you will, you know, uh, Black, Black Hawk, whoever they were, uh, these different groups um, that were very militant, and they would quell the violence in cities, they would take over cities, and they would order things and bring back order. And now it was time for the lights to begin to come back on. And a new government out of Cheyenne, Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming, came to power. There was a new president came to power. Uh, the states were totally divided. And it boils down to this moment where all the different states were coming under this new governmental power. But Texas was its own independent sovereign state. And they had their own war machine. They had their, their jet fighters and their military. So the world actually in the United States became a war zone for civil war. And then they stopped it right there. They just stopped the show. And when they were finally coming to that point where Texas was now going to engage in a battle with the new government that was in the land, and it's very interesting how it's lining up right now. Uh, very, very interesting. I would encourage people uh, to watch Jericho and to watch it in the prophetic, to watch it in the prophetic. If you've never seen Jericho from 2006, make sure you get the right one. 
Uh, it's a, it was a two-season Jericho, and uh, it starts out with a nuclear blast in the United States of America, and you'll just you, you won't be able to put it down. It was well, well done, and uh, there was a lot of intensity there, and it's, it's a foreshadowing of what's ready to happen in our country, and we've already seen some minor previews. So I want you to watch Jericho, because what happened this weekend is not, it's over, it's ended, everything is good now. Uh, it's 2016 again. It's great, but an acceleration of evil, an acceleration of violence, an acceleration of division. And I wouldn't be surprised in the great birth pang that God's been telling us about. It's ready to strike the earth and shake the world. I don't know if it's going to come if it's diesel fuel, uh, food shortages, uh, but there's a birth pang that's coming that will shake the earth and produce tremendous lamentation and woe and mourning. We know that. We had that word confirmed Sunday as our dear brother Luke came and shared some things going on as well, confirming what we've been saying for a long time. Um, you, need to, you need to watch Jericho when you get a chance. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. I want to stop for a moment, and I want to say once again uh, to Michael Villar and happy birthday. I think he's joining us right now. Uh, Michael V's out there. And uh, Michael, you have a prophetic gift as well. Um, you know, I'd love to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through you. If you want to call into the broadcast today, make sure that you do. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So um, we are being warned. We're being warned. Also, uh, with that birthday wish, I want to wish our grandson, Patricia and I, Anthony and Lisa, today is their anniversary, and we want to say happy anniversary to Anthony and Lisa. God bless you two. You are just getting ready to soar, and may God bless your love forever. Uh, these are important things because as life goes on, and, we, and every day is a gift from God, and we celebrate the good things, and we should, and we are thankful for everything. We have so many promises that if we are serving the Lord, that we will be on the right side of this moment. We will be in the safety. We will be in the cover. We will be in the protection of our Father God. And um, looking forward to that. By the way, Pastor Jeff Bass said thanks for giving Kevin Hauger. He got us on YouTube. So if you'd like to listen or watch on YouTube, go to Kevin Hauger, H-A-U-G-E-R, on YouTube, and you'll be able to listen to our uh, broadcast. We got kicked off last week. So, you know, I, I bring this information. I, I put it all together. It's Tuesday. There's a lot going on. Would love to start hearing from the body of Christ. If you'd like to call into the broadcast, the number to call is 818-369-0326. And I'll put that number on the screen for everybody to call in. And here it is. So if you want to talk into the broadcast, 818-369-0326. We should be broadcasting loud and clear. Uh, I want to say uh, hello to some of our friends who are commenting with us. Let me go back to the beginning of our comments on this Tuesday. Carol Carey is with us today. Good morning, church family. Good morning, Carol Carey. God bless you from Virginia. We have Balu Shalim Mupidi. Uh, hi, sir. Praise the Lord. I'm Indian Village Pastor Balu Shalim. Please pray for me and my family and children ministry. I will, Balu. I pray that God blesses you guys as you serve the Lord. No doubt about that. Uh, Michaela Johanan, thank you for the birthday blessing, Pastor Vincent. Okay, Michael V., God bless you, Pastor Michael. Uh, we've got some calls ready to come into the broadcast right now. Uh, Pastor Jeff Bass was, is with us. 
Our dear sister, Callie Reynolds, is with us this morning. Callie's getting married in just six days. Callie's getting married in just six days. The wedding of Blake and Callie. Wow. Praise the Lord. Six days. Exciting. All right. Very, very good. Good morning, Callie. Cindy Messman is with us this morning. Our dear sister, Cindy, God bless you. Um, we have an awesome church. That's all I'm going to say. Jim Voltmeyer. Biblically speaking, we should all be looking at Daniel 8 and Isaiah 28 to 38. Daniel states that once the Kurds, Medes, are forced to align with Iran, Persia, Turkey would destroy both these nations. Isaiah states that once Israel aligns with Turkey and Egypt, Iran would be destroyed. Both have just occurred. Iran will fall by the end of this year. All right, Jim. Very, very good. Fascinating conversation to those that study those ancient prophecies you got to love it. All right. Having said that, we've got a call coming in. Let's take this call coming in from area code 309. I have a sense this is in the Wisconsin area, but I'm not sure. Good morning, 309. You're on the air. Welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Vincent. This is Jim Moldemeyer. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Jim. I was just reading some of your comments here. Yeah, I was concerned. I'm watching this um, potential Daniel 8 with the Kurds, and I'm not seeing anyone talking about the Kurds or the Medes. And if you look at Daniel 8, we're starting to see this alignment where Turkey has been genocide time, and he's just indicated he's going to start a new front against the Kurds. My question is, if the Kurds get genocide through Syria and Iraq, and the herbal is the capital city, and that would fall, and it's being actually starting to be attacked. If we see those people move down, those refugees move down around Iran, Baghdad area, and all the Kurdistan nations are on the western front of Iran, so they will start to see a refugee movement across these borders as they're starting to genocide them. And see, NATO is trying to figure out how to deal with Turkey to get Finland and Sweden into this mix, and now you've got a brokering of Russia, United States with Iran to try to get cheap oil, and on the other side you have Israel aligning with the Ottoman Empire, Turkey, and Egypt to try to stop Iran. And I keep looking at Daniel 8, and if you look at Isaiah 28 to 38, it clearly states that Israel will align with Turkey or the Babylonians. They'll also align with Egypt, and they'll then take out Iran, but then Turkey will come back, and Isaiah warns them about this. He shows him all the dark secrets of Israel, and we just had Turkey go over there, and they went to the Temple Mount, they went through the Temple Mount, and Isaiah says, look, this is going to end up bad for you because you should have looked to God and not these other people to protect you. And so since you did that, I'm going to send the Babylonian against you again, and that's Turkey. Now, my question is, if Iran were to fall and the Kurds were to align, and everybody, like I say, no one's talking about this, but what are the Kurds going to have to do here? They're in a terrible position. They're going to get abandoned through NATO to keep Turkey happy. They're going to be driven down through that country, and if they align down into that area and pull down around Baghdad, is this prophecy actually looking like it's coming true? And I believe Daniel 8 and Isaiah 28 
to 38 clearly indicates in both these prophecies that this is what's really starting to occur in front of us. Okay, Jim, let me, let me ask you a question. You took me by surprise. I mean, this, this is such a shift for me, but I want to understand it clearly uh, for, for myself and for, for the listeners. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that there's an alignment with Turkey and the Kurds against Iran. Is that correct? No. What will happen, listen, Daniel Who are the Kurds? Okay, the, if you go into the history, into Daniel 8, you go into history, the Medes are the Kurds. The Medes. And so if you go into Daniel 8, what it says is the Medes, or the Kurds, will be driven to a point of destruction. They'll have to align with Iran. And when this occurs, that's not going to make Turkey happy. And they're going to go over and destroy Iran. And think about this. Turkey owns three areas around Iran now. They own Afghanistan through the Taliban. They just took Azerbaijan and Armenia. They're going to own all the fronts in Iraq and Syria. And Iran's in a terrible position at this point, and I don't think they're going to stay much longer as they're in the process of acquiring a nuclear weapon that the White House clearly says they probably already have. So you're saying that Israel is going to align with Turkey? They already have. If you go out on the news, they've had them at the Temple Mount, and they've aligned with them to try to figure out how to stop Iran. Okay. So this is you're talking about a war in Daniel chapter 8 of, with Turkey and all of its uh, people that have aligned with it against Iran and those that have aligned with Iran. This is the Middle That's Eastern War. Okay. That's right. And think about this. If you go to Ezekiel 38 and 39, that first country listed against Gog Magog is Persia. So what would be the first country to fall as you move into Ezekiel 38? Persia. They'll head to Egypt and then back into Israel before the end of 23 probably because this is going to move fast. There's nothing over there to stop Turkey once he destroys Iran, because we're not there, and they're now making pacts with Saudi Arabia. So he's building the path to Israel right now. And okay, the, the so, new Ottoman Empire is going to be rebuilt, because if you look at that seventh kingdom of Israel, the feet and the clay of, um, clay of feet and iron, that's the Ottoman Empire. And it says that we'll have an eighth kingdom. Well, that Ottoman Empire is the seventh kingdom. So we know that the new that kingdom's never gone away. And there's no kingdom between the seventh and the eighth kingdom, or the beast kingdom. So okay. we know that we should be looking at the Ottoman Empire right now because it's going to reform as a new neo-Ottoman Empire. And if you look at Erdogan, since 2011, he's been indicating that he wants to rebuild that Ottoman Empire in the 100th year of the Centurion Mark when they were destroyed in World War I in 1923. So that's 2023, and he's publicly wow. stated this. So if you go out and look at his – now think about this. So Russia is building a footprint of the old communist nation, and Turkey's rebuilding the old Ottoman footprint of Alexander the Great. And so I think if you go back into Daniel 8, you'll start to realize there's a paradigm happening in front of us because Daniel 8's occurring 
which is going to take us into a destruction of Gog, because it clearly says that horn's broken. So even Turkey, once they hit Israel, is going to be destroyed, because it clearly tells us that the, the goat's horn will be broken, and from that destruction we'll see an Antichrist rise. Okay, let me ask this question. All right, quick question. So if Israel aligned itself with Turkey, why is Turkey hitting Israel? No, it's not hitting Israel. They're aligning with Israel to hit Iran so that they can stop them from getting a bomb so that they won't destroy Israel because that's Iran's goal is to destroy Israel, and Turkey wants the Temple Mount. They don't want that to occur. So Iran is the key player that's going to be destroyed once the Kurds align with them. But right now, Turkey has aligned with Israel and Egypt to remove the Assyrian or Iran out of the equation. And if that happens, no ball, there's nothing that's going to stop Turkey from heading towards Israel and building that 10-nation caliphate that he wants to rebuild by 23. So you're going to go from a Daniel 8 effect to Ezekiel 38 effect, and then what happens? Gog dies. So I've been stating this for a while, and I think people don't understand what the differences are here. So no, I told think- let me Let me just okay. ask you a question, okay, because I'm tracking with you, and I, I find this fascinating. My question is, if, if this war is ready to break out in the Middle East, how does it impact the United States of America, the rest of the world? What kind of an impact will this this Middle Eastern war have me, on the rest I, of the let world? Me explain. I, I believe I can explain that. So I've been saying this for a while now. The White Horseman is neither Antichrist or Jesus or a history lesson or any of that. And why do I say that? Because and I'll get to your question in just a second because it will build up to that. Antichrist and Satan or Gog of Revelation 20 are all thrown in the lake of fire. They're never buried in a dirt grave. They never bury these people in a dirt grave for seven months or they burn the weapons for seven years, alluding to what? A seal's time before tribulation. So Gog... Of Ezekiel 38 and 39, in my opinion, is the white horseman, and that's Erdogan. And Erdogan's going to go against Israel, and if he's the white horseman, he'll die on the sixth seal by the wrath of the sun or the lamb, which is not the same as the wrath of God in Revelation 15:1. And if you go to Revelation 8, 1 and 2, it clearly says the seven seals are broken first, and then you hand out the trumpet. So if the trumpets are when Antichrist rises on the fifth, sixth trumpet, he can't be a seal. It's impossible because the seals have already broken. And this guy's buried in a dirt grave where these guys are thrown in a lake of fire. So I say Erdogan is the white horseman, that he's going to take out Iran, but then he's going to come back against just as Isaiah said, he's going to come back against Israel over time. He's going, to, he's going to go against them because he says he's not. He should have relied on God and not them. And the Babylonians going to come back against you because you didn't rely on me. And so 
you're going to see an attack of Israel by 23, I believe, because once Iran falls this year, there's nothing to stop them to get to Israel and then back up between the two seas before he attacks. And then think about this. So let me get to your question. So if he's the first horseman, he's bringing all the seals on, economic collapse, total destruction. You're sealing, you're sealing the uh, yield curves flatten out and invert right now. You're watching commodities fail. You've seen a liquidation bubble that's beyond anything we've ever seen because they've liquidated 40% of the physical cash into the system within two years. It's destroyed liquidity and inflation. That's why we have inflation, because they put so much liquidity into the system that we have no way to fight it. And for the Fed to actually fight inflation, they have to get the core inflation on their rate. So core inflation is 5 or 6%. Well, they're at what, less than 2 So they're going to have to raise it minimum 4 to 5% higher, which is going to drive their rates up. And think about this. All the debt in the world is now being serviced at a higher rate of interest, and they're going to reset the cryptos to the fiat. So your fiats are going to go away because they can't service the debts, and now the central banks have totally – place everybody under a shackle by throwing all these loans out there. They've liquidated everybody in the ground to where no one now, watch, you're watching countries collapse. Sri Lanka's collapsing. Turkey's inflation's at 73%. Their lira's falling in the ground. The dollar's destroying all the EM markets, and their currencies are falling away. Japan's currency's worthless. They're going to have to change their policies real soon, and the Bank of Japan is going to have to start raising rates, even though they don't want to because they don't have the money to service the interest on the debt. So there's going to be a reset on these fiat currencies because the dollar strength is going to destroy the other global currencies, and the emerging markets are coming up, can't fight this kind of inflation as it's running out of control. And so all this is happening. Then what are you having? You're having COVID that won't go away. What's that going on? It thinks. It seems to build off things. I'm not sure that it doesn't have nanotechnology in it at this point. So, you know, it could be hooked to the 5G. You don't know what's going on out here because they're not telling you anything. I know this. If we're in the seals right now, it's going to get worse, a lot worse. The world is going to have a delusion placed on it. And only the people of God with the seal of God are going to get this. And you can talk to your wall day long to those people that don't get it because they're not going to get it. And it clearly says very, very few people are going to make it through this narrow door. You know, even the Muslims leave one out of a thousand, so that says a lot. <laughs> um, so so let, me, let me just interject a thought here. This is fascinating. I'm absolutely loving this, Jim. Very, very well said. Um, but again, when it comes to the um, the war that breaks out in the Middle East, it's going to impact uh, nations like our own economically. Right. Okay, and then so the delusion is okay. All this is coming at us, but yet we're all very happy that Roe versus Wade was overturned, like we're America saved. Do you see America being saved? You know what? We're hoping that if we do correct some of these judgments that we've done badly and we've killed millions of babies over the years, that 
God will then give us some grace over time as we're going through all this. But think about that sixth seal event. And you can go to Ezekiel 39.4, I believe, because it's a similar event where it's a global earthquake event. Now think about this, and this is why I tell people to put oil in their lamps. Captured. You're here. You're in the seals. You haven't been removed, so you might as well figure it out. And even if you're raptured, leave the stuff for somebody else, say, because they'll go, oh, my God, I found some food. Oh, you know, praise the Lord. You may not be here, but they may then be saved. And so put some food away for people. Okay, I if the it. sixth hill is what I think it is, it's a global earthquake nightmare. Earth moves. Islands move. Everything moves. The sky rolls back, and you have a potential foot effect because the sun, the moon, and everything changes. So will you be able to grow things after that? Now, if the sixth seal event occurs at the end of 23, which I think it will because I found a paradigm that I would love to explain to you, but that will take some time, we have a year and a half before things get really stupid out here and people don't have prepared enough oil in their lamp and if the world changes to where the skies are gray and there's no sun ability to grow and do things and the world's collapsing, there's disease on the ground, the whole system's breaking down, you may have a potential war between Russia and China with us. They could look, and you know, I just put a comment out there. You know, the entire paper talks about nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons can be low-grade nuclear weapons that can be used on a battlefront. They don't have to destroy and nuke and radiate. They can be low-enough-level nukes that they could destroy specific areas or targets, and if it becomes a conventional thing, once this happens and it gets accepted, that's changed the battleground. Because Absolutely amazing. Capacity to where they could take a suitcase and blow up an area and not even think about it. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. I, that was so well said. I think I understood more in the last seven minutes than I have in, in, in a long time about some key issues. Talk, I've been trying to talk to you and Daniel Sacom and all these people for years yeah. now, and nobody will listen to me. Uh, but it was timing. It's all in the timing, Jim, and who knows if you won't be out here in northwest Arkansas for the Feast of Tabernacles to share some of this stuff. Only God knows. But listen, uh, yeah, I want to thank you. Stay in touch with me, Jim. Give me a shout. I think you have my phone number, and uh, I'll put it up on the screen for you. This is fascinating. You say, and I need to do Let me say one last thing before I leave. Yes, I'm sir. concerned about the Feast of Tabernacles, Trumpets, and Yom Kippur in September of this year. The yeah. reason I say yeah. that is we're having an ending of a sabbatical year on that this September, right between all this. You start a fall equinox. I keep looking at September. I believe Iran could even fall that soon or by the end of this year. Yeah, That's and how right. we're going to... Well, Jim, you're right on it. How are we going to get out of this summer without massive violence? And only God knows. There's an Islamic thing going on in the spirit right now, if anybody's discerning it. Um, there's something of an unsheathed sword in the realm of Islamic terrorism, very personal, um, that I'm very concerned about, that I see in the spirit uh, taking place. 
I think we're going to see a summer of violence in America. And if that war takes place, as you said it would, the numbers 2022, 2023, 2024, absolutely amazing stuff going on. My goodness. Think about this. If Iran were to fall by the end of this year or around the election cycle, and you have a blood moon event on November the 8th on the election day, a blood moon event on the election day, that's probably a bad omen for this country. <laughs> is there is there going to be a, a blood moon on November 8th? Oh, my yes, gosh. Okay. All right. And actually, Jim. if you go to, and I'm not saying this lightly, but if you go back to the last three blood moons prior, only one was not a super moon. And so you could actually look at the last four blood moons up to November 8th as a tetrad. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Think about one other thing. On July 4th of 2020, we had a blood moon event over the country with a seven-planetary astrological event aligned all at once. And right now, just in the last few days, we've had a five-planetary astrological conjunction as all this is breaking out. So should we be looking at the signs? (laughs) I believe so. Well, you know, we just had a gentleman come to our fellowship. I have a lot of things I'd like to explain, and the paradigm is extremely important, I believe, to understanding where we are. Amen. Amen. Jim, thank you so much. God bless your heart. Let's stay in touch, okay? And thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, sir. God bless your path. Thank you, and God bless yours. All right, that's Jim. They, he's got some great con, uh, comments on here, and he, it's true. He's been trying to get in touch with us for a, quite some time, probably frustrated with us, right? But here he knocks it out of the ballpark. Unbelievable information right there. That needs to be downloaded more and more and more. That was so well said. I hope everybody got it out there. i uh, got a friend calling in right now, area code 219. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Is this Brother Don? Yes, it is, Pastor Vince. How are you, How you sir? Doing? I'm doing great. Good, What's going good, on? Good. good. I got an update for you on the Ukrainian war. It's pretty important if you want to hear All it. All right, let's get it. Let's go. Okay, Saturday night, Putin got rushed to the Kremlin uh, from his home. And uh, it was a big mystery about what happened. Well, as it turns out, um, Kremlin uh, found out the uh, Russian military found out that they were engaged fighting Lithuanian soldiers in Ukraine. I guess they they caught between 40 and 80 of them. That changes everything because Putin stated if NATO gets involved in Ukrainian war on the ground, that he's uh, immediately going to uh, attack He's considered that an attack, and he's going to use nuclear weapons. So they had to get into the Kremlin and decide exactly how they're going to do this. The next day, NATO announced they're increasing their NATO force of combat-ready troops from 40,000, now get this, to 300,000. It'll take them a couple weeks to do that. Of course, they're going to use American soldiers. NATO forces uh, are doing this, that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's suspected, based on this, that NATO was planning to attack Russia and try to uh, take Russia. 
They're going to be in a nuclear war. Uh, right now, uh, Russia is on the, the cusp of attacking Lithuania because they uh, committed a blockade uh, based on sanctions that European Union told them to do to cut off a railroad that they, uh, Lithuania promised they would never cut off. It's basically a Russian railroad that supplies a city of a million people called Kaliningrad, which is a Russian territory. So Lithuania uh, violated their uh, promise, written promise, to Russia never to mess with that railroad and never to allow sanctions or taxes or anything else. And then they committed, as was found out uh, Saturday night, Lithuanian soldiers in direct combat with Russian soldiers. Now, Lithuania, Lithuania is a NATO country. So that means that right now, uh, Russia is in combat with the NATO country. At any time, NATO will declare an Article 5, causing 30 NATO countries to come against Russia. This is the Article 5 without them declaring it. This is the increase from 40,000 to 300,000 NATO soldiers. So they're getting ready to attack Russia. Uh, Russia emphatically stated that when Article 5 is engaged or stated, and actually they did just uh, engage it because they uh, upped the the, uh, troop strength to 300,000. Putin stated that when that happens, he's immediately going to nuclear weapons. Why are they doing this? Well, there's another situation with this diesel fuel. Why don't we have any diesel fuel? Remember World War II, what the people had to do? They had to suck in and support the military any way they could. Rationing occurred for food. Uh, they took the, every piece of rubber and steel that they could find the uh, the civilian population and took it to collection centers. What you're seeing with the with the diesel disappearing is disappearing into the military in anticipation of World War III, and it will be nuclear. Um, um, a, a Russian former president, Medvedev, stated the other day that the first thing they're going to do is they're going to attack all of our satellite systems, take them out, so there goes your guided missiles that they use against us. And the first target that they're going to do is London and then Poland because Poland has been funneling all these supplies in there. So at any time now, they're going to strike. They're going to go to it, and it's going to be nuclear. Uh I'm thinking it's just a matter of a few days. But it's going to take a couple weeks for NATO to get those troops, those 300,000 troops in position. If Putin's smart, he'll attack now. He'll go preemptive because he has everything that he needs, and now he has a NATO country in direct combat with Russian troops, which is why he was rushed to the Pentagon Saturday night. I believe that... uh, I believe that... uh, they're going to use suitcase nukes on us because they're anonymous. I think they're in place already. And they have, it's estimated there are four to eight nuclear subs off our coast right now, east and west, just sitting there. We know, we saw one of them 
about four months ago. And then we tried to find him and we couldn't because he went down and he's laying out a bottom, which I'm sure they all are. I think the Dems have to do this before the November elections. They have communist control of this country right now, and I, I, they plan on keeping it. And they're taking us to war. Um, in the last two years, we have printed more money than in the entire history of our country. We are broke. Uh, we are collapsed economically. They're just holding it up. It's going to come down now, and it's going to be based on war. This is how they're going to do it. This is how they've always done it. So that's what I believe is going on right now. Um, and I just want to get that out there. We're on the very, yeah. very edge of nuclear conflict. We have to get ready. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of, not kind of, it absolutely ties into, again, this, this Jericho, you know, this, uh, this prophetic brought program that was out there uh, with the 15 nukes. And we go back prophetically to 2004 in January of 2004 and an open vision. And how many people have seen the day coming where there will be seven to 15 nuclear strikes that there are going to be nukes going off there. I mean, this is Dimitri Dudeman's uh, going all the way back to the Romanian prophet who saw this day coming, and it took a long time to get here, and yet here we are closer to that reality, not further away from it. I mean, nobody's going to sit here today and say, well, that was just a big story way back then. It's closer now than when we first heard it, and the uh, potential for that is at the door, and it is. It, there's a global birth pang, Brother Don, that is going to bring lamentation and woe to the nations of this earth. It is going to be a massive birth pang, and it is written in Scripture, and we just need to understand what it is. So many different things going on. The earth is shaking. It is convulsing. And, uh, you know, people should not get caught off guard because some great things have been done over the weekend. Um, uh, it just, it, and time's going to tell everything. Man, thank you so much for... Uh, tuning into that. So you're thinking any day now uh, we could see any more day. breakout any day. Any day. And I, from what I've seen in my analysis, and I, I'm not an expert, but I do study it. In my analysis, Putin has a direct threat against Russia right now. He has fulfilled his nuclear protocols with that. He has a direct threat of 300,000 NATO troops coming and invading Russia. That's why they would put that there. If he's the military technician, tactician, which I'm, I see that he is, he's going to strike now before they get those troops in place. Uh, or maybe he'll just go directly for the troops. But he stated that anyone supports this war, they're going to get nuked there and here. And, I, and he's done everything that he said that he would do, he's done. He has not issued one threat. He has told them what he would do at each step of this thing, and he's fulfilled everything he said. There's no reason to believe, especially since his nuclear protocols are fulfilled now, to attack. There's no reason to believe at all that he won't do this. And with 300,000 NATO troops threatening Russia right now in place, after he discovered a NATO country in direct conflict with Russian troops, 
going to have to act now, and he's going to have to act quickly before those troops get into place. I'm thinking that they should have those troops gathered and ready to go in, in probably two weeks. He's going to have to strike now before they are, or he's going to have to anticipate trying to get that the major part of that force annihilated before they get into place. I don't see how he's going to do that, but maybe he's going to do that. But the point is we are at the very edge. The, the clock has struck midnight for nuclear war. It's just a question of who's going to fire first, and there's no coming back from this. They have a plan. Biden and his communist junta in controlling Washington, D.C., this is what they want. They have a plan, and they're doing it. And there's not going to be any stopping up because this is what the people in Washington, D.C. that are in control, this is what they want. And who's behind them? Their masters, Red China, and all these other communist countries. These guys are all in it together, and they're coming. They're coming now. Amen. And they're fulfilling Bible prophecy. Hey, uh, I've got a surprise for us here, Don. Hold on one second. I want to bring in uh, our pastor, Michael Villarin. Uh, it's his birthday today. He's on the line right now. Let's see what he has to say here. And we might say happy birthday to him. Good morning, Pastor Michael. How are you today, sir? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. You haven't? <laughs> so what are your thoughts, sir, on your birthday? Well, I'll tell you what. Happy birthday. I'm thinking, wow, what a great day to be alive in Jesus. And then I'm hearing the trumpet blown by, by Jim, and I'm hearing Don and what you said earlier. And I'm going, you know what, the weather is starting to get really rough. And the the cry of the two gentlemen that just spoke, you hear these nations that are, are going to be coming up in the uproar. And there was a scripture given to me this morning, which is really interesting, in Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And it says, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations and perplexity of the sea and the waves roaring and i'm saying okay well jim was talking about the star alignments all these signs happening and don's talking about the nations i mean war and jesus through the word in luke 21 i think it's mark 13 matthew 24 about what's going to happen upon this earth i mean how lovely is it where he says in luke chapter 21 as well that we He's telling us, get ready, guys, because betrayal is coming upon the earth. Betrayal is one thing. Uh, you're going to be uh, uh, betrayed by your parents, the brother and your friends, your kinfolk, and some shall be put to death. How lovely is that? I mean, we are getting prepared for something that's so hellacious as it's coming upon the earth. And Jesus said as well, in all this, in your patience, when this is all happening, possess your soul. So what the awareness is, is that we who have ears to hear and eyes to see, spiritual eyes, should be prepared upon what's coming upon the earth. Unfortunately, there are some who are going to be unprepared. They're out in la-la land, and they're going to be so afraid, they're going to cut caught unaware. And Jesus also said that in all this calamity, when all these things happen, he says in Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to happen, to come to pass, he says, this is what I love. He says, look up, guys. Lift up your heads, for your Amen. redemption draws nigh. 
I mean, so down here in this earthly realm, we're going to have such commotion, such calamity, such uh, confusion. But the thing that he said that really gives the, uh, the key to this, to stand firm in this earthly realm, so to speak, is that we've got to have this peace that's within. Because this whole world is going to be in confusion. And so we're going to have to have this spiritual kingdom golden peace within, which is part of the kingdom of God as we walk through this this enduring time. So what I hear from Jim, what I hear from Don, what I hear from you, Pastor Vincent, this morning on June 28, 2022, on my birthday, is that there is also time to be had in the kingdom, but the awareness is that there's going to be such calamity upon this earth, and we got to be prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right on word. And just to compliment that, one other thing that Jim brings up, um, he writes, the globalists are, re- are reducing the 8 billion people to a level of population they can control. And, you know, that is a very valid biblical reality that the earth will be depopulated. And there are those yeah. who are very much involved and willing to do so. And, you know, the left knew that there was going to be a change in the federal government's ruling on Roe versus Wade. And do you know what they did knowing that was going to happen? They mass murdered 19 children in Uvalde, Texas. And, and Don, one of the questions I have for you as an ex-police officer and all that you do and have been involved in, how do police officers, uniformed officers, stand in a school hallway for one hour while shots are being fired on little children and never go in. What is that? They're overtrained. You have to be a man before you can become a policeman. There's no way an ordinary man, no matter what what the situation, would stand by and listen and watch innocent children being murdered when he could stop it at the expense of his own life. I. I'm being uh, merciful when I say they're overtrained because uh, I understand there was a few of those officers that broke rank and they were tackled uh, and they were disarmed and taken back to, because one guy, his wife was in there begging for, for him, her, him to come in there and get her. But uh, what it boils down to, and I'm sorry, no matter how you cut it, the lives of those children were less important to those officers out there than their own lives. And that's what it boils down to. Uh, I know for a fact when I was a policeman, there's no way, no matter what, who was telling them to do what, if innocent children were being killed a few yards away from them or even bleeding out from being shot, there's no way you would have stopped the mass uh, charge into that school and uh, let the chips fall where they may. If they would have, some of them would have died, so what? It would, it would have been worth dying for. These guys, uh, I know any kind of a situation. I mean, this is the worst case scenario for any policeman to be in. But somewhere, manhood should have taken place, and it, they should have immediately broke ranks and gone in there. And they were in the hallway for over an hour with a ballistic shield, so it, they can't really say that. Uh, they were afraid of getting shot. They had a ballistic shield. That'll take anything uh, going forward. So uh, I'm being merciful when I say they're overtrained. 
but when it comes down to it, uh, I, all the training in the world will not justify, all the conditioning in the world will not justify what those men did. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like... Uh, it's like in warfare where your buddy's out there, he's been shot, and he's begging for you to come and get him. Well, and the, and the sergeant uh, tells him, no, don't go out there. You're going to get shot too. Well, you're going to go out there and take a chance of getting <laughs> uh, shot. I mean, it was now these guys, they did this with small children, innocent children that were begging on their cell phones to come and get them. Yeah. I mean, it was all there. And because of one uh, police chief named Arredondo, uh, telling him, uh, well, you can't go in there because, and he wouldn't even take ownership over that. And the sad thing about it, for the rest of these lives, for the rest of their lives, every policeman that was there in the area, and especially that Arredondo, he's going to have to look over his shoulder from some really vengeful uh, Mexican brother or Mexican father uh, looking to kill him for what he did. And yeah. that's probably going to happen. These guys, I, their lives are... They put their own lives in jeopardy in the end anyway, maybe much more so than what they would have done if they would have rushed in there and got that kid. Yeah. And, and they had well, the means to do it. That, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why right. they just didn't disobey yeah. orders because there were children being massacred in there and had been shot, and they were bleeding out, and they knew it, and they still stood by. Now, Right. Donna, I, just listen, I, mean, I have I, to interject. I have to interject because we've, we've got to run here at this point. Uh, this is another whole conversation. We'll have you on later on in the week uh, to, you know, just explore the depths of these things. Um, Michael, I want to say again, happy birthday to you, Pastor Michael V. And uh, I hope Thank you have Pastor. a super blessed day. We'll look forward to spending some time and celebrating you. And I hope uh, your brothers and sisters will do that as well today. Um, we do have to go. America is a war zone. It's becoming a war zone. It's going to be an intensified yeah. War zone is happening all over the world. Final word, guys, anything? Michael, did you want to say something? Hey, I love you guys. Thank you, Jesus, for the redemption. And uh, I thank you for the light of his word. Uh, give us a heads up. And today, you all be blessed. I love you guys, Amen. and we'll see you. All right, very good. Michael Villarin, Brother Don, we love you both. Got to run until we meet again. Uh, thanks for joining me on the broadcast. You've been listening to The Watchmen on Omega Radio. You're on Facebook, YouTube. I um, want to thank everybody. By the way, there were a number of people, even a brother from Maryland, uh, that had given a gift. We had four people that uh, gave gifts last week to support the ministry as we come to the end of the month. And I want to thank all of you who did give, and may God bless you richly. And I'm going to ask, if you're out there today, uh, two things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to supply a uh, donation. If you'd like to do that, you can go to nwmglobal.org under the donation tab. You could also go to the omegaradio.org, or you can go to a mailbox and mail in a gift or offering to P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas. This ministry is being led by the Spirit of God, and we thank God for all who partner with it. May the Lord bless you richly and also on a more important note, and not that anything is not important, it's all important, but if you have been listening to this broadcast today and you're thinking, man, I need prayer, I need prayer. Folks, I want to tell you something. Now, here I am taking my, my seconds. I have experienced a supernatural, miraculous healing in my body. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow with Brian and Kathy when they join us on the air. 
I have, I'm experiencing a genuine, bona fide, supernatural miracle that just happened to me two days ago because there were some people in our church, Pastor Denny and Sally, who laid hands on an afflicted area of my body, and I have been fully healed. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. I want to talk about it tomorrow. Brian and Kathy will be with us. I look forward to seeing everybody. Thank you for your support. I'm glad that Jim and Don and Michael, uh, you know, came in today to the broadcast. Have a super blessed day, folks. There's probably a lot more to say, but we cannot say it now. Keep your armor on. Keep your head in the heavens. And walk wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. God bless.